If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go. Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts, Sal Stefano, Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. In this episode of Mind Pump. Oh, yeah. So we answer some fitness and health questions, and we also do our introductory current events uh, lifestyle conversation. Here's what we talked about in the first 46 minutes with our intro. We start out by talking about Dan Bilzerian and getting everything you think you want. Is it really what you really, really want? Are you really having that much fun? Yeah. Then I talked about uh, tarot card readings. Uh, I tried to sell the science behind them. Believe it or not, I think there's some utility <laughs> in tarot cards. I don't think I don't think. Trust so, me, so. you'll want to hear that yeah, part. No. Then we talked about nerdiness and coolness. Uh, Justin played Dungeons and Dragons when he was a kid. Don't judge uh, me. Which makes him a nerd. But you know, nowadays being a nerd is cool, apparently. Um, we talked about PRX and their brand new camo rack. So PRX makes amazing home gym equipment. Uh, one of our favorite pieces are their squat racks that literally fold into your wall. So if you want a squat rack, but you have a room that you can't take up a lot of space with, mm. these are awesome. They fold into the wall. They're flat against the wall, almost no profile. Then you can fold them out and, and do you your You don't even notice and, they're there. And now with camo, it's like they disappeared. Exactly. So they have some new colors and stuff. Now, PRX is one of our sponsors. Again, they make amazing home gym equipment. You can actually finance as well, so you can pay monthly. If you go to prxperformance.com forward slash mind pump and use the promo code mind pump, you'll get 5% off the price plus a free MAPS Prime program with the purchase of $500 or more. Then we talked about the documentary West Side versus the World. Great documentary. Yeah. Adam talked about his lack of sleep while Justin and I laugh at him. Uh, <laughs> it's all catching up, isn't it, Sal? Justin confession has a confession. Uh, he's somehow connected to the Jeffrey Epstein case. Yeah. Before you guys all freak out, listen to the episode. Please. Yeah. Don't, don't, yeah, don't assume anything. He's a good guy. Uh, we talked about how there's a petition online to get Joe Rogan to moderate the presidential debate. Won't happen, but it would be awesome. I talked about the studies showing that heart attacks are becoming more common in younger people, and I also talk about why I think that's happening. Then we get into the fitness portion of this episode. First question, how do you use chains in the gym without looking like a dork? Uh, so we talk all about chains, uh, what chains do for your gains, how to use chains, and also how to be more confident about using tools in the gym. Chains for them gains. The next question, this person wants to know what we think about the sick aging phenotype. Uh, this is described by Dr. John Sullivan. Uh, as what happens to people as they get older, metabolic syndrome, sarcopenia, which is the loss of muscle, osteopenia, the loss of bone, becoming more frail. He talks about how resistance training is the solution to these problems, and we talk about how we agree and why we agree with what he's saying. The next question, this person wants to ask, uh, you know, should you stretch before you lift or should you do it after you lift? The answer is yes. But it depends how you stretch. So you might want to listen it to that part. Depends. And the final question, this person wants to know what our thoughts are on minimalist shoes and training barefoot. Is there any value or are you looking like a weirdo for no reason at all? Adam thinks they're dorky. Also, this month, for the first time ever, MAPS Prime and Prime Pro, both of our most popular programs, are 50% off. Now, MAPS Prime teaches you how to prime your body before your workouts. Now, priming sessions, that's a fancy term for a very, very effective warm-up. Now, what does that do for you? Yes, it prevents injury, but it does much more. It helps you connect to the target muscles that you're trying to hit while you're working out. It helps you gain greater mobility, greater ranges of motion that you have control under. 
um, all producing better results. In other words, if you do a proper priming session, your current workout, even if you don't change your workout, becomes more effective. That program is 50% off. Now, MAPS Prime Pro is correctional exercise in nature. It helps you address areas of pain and mobile issues of all the major joints with exercises and techniques that will get you moving better and without pain. Both programs are especially valuable to personal trainers. So they're both 50% off. Here's what you do. Go to mapsfitnessproducts.com and use the code PRIME50, P-R-I-M-E, 5-0, no space, for the discount. I actually like having somebody uh, like Dan Bilzerian's Instagram to watch or follow because I think it does remind me that we don't actually want everything. Like, there's something to be said about the the pursuit of all that stuff your whole life and the journey to it versus just being a part of it and having it like yeah. automatically. Like, yeah, you would think that you would just it would it would probably be almost depressing. I, I think we're constantly seeking what we think makes us feel good, not realizing that. And I don't have I don't have any clue what that is like. Right, the closest experience that I I've had to something like that was, and I've shared before on the podcast of you know I, as a kid I had a number in my head that I I needed to make or wanted to make so bad. And, you know, most of all of my teenage to young adult years uh, were dedicated towards pursuing that. And I remember reaching it and just, you know, for sure the first year or two, though, like I, I totally feel like it felt like what Dan Bilzerian's Instagram felt like for a year or two. You know what I'm saying? Like in my head, in my head and in my world, like it was like, fuck I did it I made it it's amazing yeah. buy this do that do all these things and then it just kind of it it lost its luster and then all of a sudden you start seeing all the 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 negative things that come with it the things that you just didn't dream think about when you were dreaming about it your entire life like you know oh when you all of a sudden you have more money everybody wants to hit you up for money all the time or people then begin to expect you always to pick up the tab and pay for things or, oh, I can't actually go do all these cool, fun things with my friends unless I pay the bill and do all of it. And, oh, I'm attracting people that are only attracted yeah, to those things. Fake people. Yeah. yeah, right. And it's like, so you start all of a sudden seeing all those things more. And I, I could just... You know what it reminds me of? Hmm. This is a very simple, uh, basic analogy. You know the old analogy of the kid who gets caught smoking cigarettes by his dad? And he makes the, him smoke the whole pack. Yeah, that was the old punishment. It was uh, like, yeah. all right, you want to smoke cigarettes? Smoke the whole pack. And 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 then the kid, of course, <laughs> my grandpa made me do that to a stogie. No, no, did he really? <laughs> yeah. Why did he catch you? Totally threw up. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. I think we don't realize that if we have everything that we think we want, um, we'll realize very quickly that that's not at all what we need, and then. It's a terrible place to be in because so now you, where do you go? So, well, yeah, exactly. So what do you do if you're somebody like Dan Bilzerian? Like what do you do? Do you just, I mean, 
do you now you become like a monk and you walk away from all that stuff? Like where where do you? He find, needs to go to space. Like where? Sorry, <laughs> that's just the next level. Yeah, dude. dude. That's you just need the a next, goal. That's just the next level. Yeah, it goes. It goes. You've, you've conquered here. Fifteen Instagram models naked yeah. in your house all the time. Start a weed company. Land on the moon. New planet, dude. <laughs> yeah. You got to go on another planet. Start over. Yeah. You've you've hit you know the top level. Well, dude, look at the look at the studies on people who win the lottery. Look at the suicide and depression rate and in, in abuse, you know, drug abuse rate among celebrities. Celebrities are great examples because celebrities have access to all the things that we think would be awesome, right? Like if you're a if you're a movie star or a music uh, you know, celebrity or whatever, a musician, you have access to very attractive people who want to ha- have dude. sex with you. Movie stars, you have lots of money. Movie stars want to be Dan Bilzerian. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> movie star, all true. the movie stars follow that guy, dude. I think, yeah. well, whatever. Like, you have access to all the... And Bilzerian's almost killed himself, I think, once or twice through drug overdoses and... and oh, really? Like, yeah. yeah. Heart attack. Yeah. And, uh, Is that true? Yeah. yeah. I, didn't, I didn't know that. Yeah, he said he went to Mexico and with a bunch of girls and just did a bunch of cocaine and partied and had like a I think it was in his, was it in his late 20s mm-hmm. or something like that yeah was that something you heard on Joe Rogan did he, he interviewed he was on it. there yeah yeah he said it I didn't listen to that episode I need to listen yeah. to that episode yeah it was a good one was yeah. it good mm-hmm. yeah so I he had, he had two heart heart attacks oh 25 he was 25 years old back to back heart attacks yeah. at 25 yeah wow yeah, man, I, it's it's weird. You now, know? did Joe dive into that? Did Joe get into? Yeah, they mm-hmm. did. Did he ask him like you know when you got all these things, this and that? Does it get lame and boring and depressing? I don't remember if he said that. He exactly. did a little bit, and yeah, he he totally sounded like you know there was days where he was like bored with it, you know, and, and you he and you have to be. He checked him on that a little bit, yeah, because it's like yeah, like, I mean you have so much excess all the time, it has to be like the new norm. It's not just bored. I think it's if you're seeking it and you're driving towards it constantly, you have something to pursue. You have meaning. Once you get there and you're like, yes, I made a million dollars, and then you're there and you're like, uh, yeah, this is not well, giving you remember, me the fulfillment that yeah, I yeah. You remember Mark Manson talking about that, you mm-hmm. know. Hitting hitting a New and York going time. getting depressed yeah and mm-hmm. then being depressed and being locked up in his house bro for- this is why I think yeah. this is the value I believe of uh, spiritual practices I'm not being specific I'm actually being quite general here but uh, because I think there's a lot of different ways to approach this but I think that's the real value of them and what's happened in for look religions and spiritual practices have been around since human civilization has been around. And they've stuck and been around with us this entire time because I think that there's a real value. And I don't think the value is in explaining things. That's not where I think the value is. I don't mm. think the value of spirituality is not telling us where the sun comes from or the moon comes from. I think the value is in the meaning that you find from philosophy and from spirituality. And we're entering into an age where, because what happened is humans discovered science. We discovered the scientific method. And science is, up until now, the best method and tool we've ever discovered at solving problems. It's phenomenal at solving problems. It's objective. There's a testing protocol. It's duplicatable. It's brilliant at solving problems. Now, the issue with that is that we we think now science is the answer to everything. Mm-hmm. And we think that it has the solution to everything. But it doesn't. It doesn't have the... There's a couple problems. One, science is amoral. Now, it's supposed to be amoral. That's the idea. It's objective. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't want science to have an opinion. It's just, you know, this happened or this yeah, didn't happen. Yeah, black or white. Yeah. Now, the problem with that, obviously, is because it's amoral, if we don't have a morality, a, a lattice of morality surrounding it, then the only thing that'll ever happen is we'll always ask, can we do that? Let's try. Can we do that? For example, if we said... 
Can we, you know, uh, what if we could clone a human or make a human and engineer them to be six foot five, incredible athletes, no genetic diseases, perfect, hyper intelligent, but we have to go in there and make and make this happen through, you know, messing with the sperm and the egg and just scientists genetically engineer these perfect humans. Well, science would say, makes sense. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, we'd solve all these problems. Yeah. Why not? Why not? Let's do it. But something inside of disease. Of, something inside of us tells us there may be something wrong with that. That we I don't know if that's necessarily the answer to, you know, to what life is all about type of deal. That's the morality. You know, should we? It's it asks should we, not necessarily just can we. And science doesn't have that. The other thing about science is, it doesn't give you. Uh, you'll never find meaning with science. You'll yeah. find you'll find why you feel a like what we know what chemically what love looks like. We know chemically what being attached to someone looks like. We know all that stuff, and we might be able to duplicate it with drugs, but. We know what happens when people seek meaning with drugs. They do them more and more and more, and it becomes an obsession and addiction because it, you never fill it. You never fill that meaning, and you end up becoming addicted to drugs, and, and things become a lot worse in drugs or science. So, so I think we're in, a, in an interesting age, and I think that the, those questions are answered not through science. I think there's wisdom in spiritual teachings, and I think that's where you'll find it. So science tells us, I want you know money, pleasure, enjoyment, those things feel good. Give me all those things. And then what happens when you get all those things? You sit there and you realize like, oh shit, this is not. That's why all, I mean, if you look at all these spiritual practices, they all teach detachment. All of them. Mm -hmm. Buddhism, Christianity, uh, you know, philosophers talk about detachment. Why would detachment be so important? You know, like if you got lots of money, if you identify with your money and this is who I am, that's a problem. If you have lots of money, but you don't identify with it, like take it or leave it. I know what I am, who I am. I know what my meaning is. That seems to be a better place to be in. They all talk about you know stuff like that around those types of things. So anyway, I think it's pretty fascinating. Actually, leads me to something. I think you got you guys are gonna fucking get a kick out of. What's mm-hmm. up? So you know how Christina was in here yesterday, and she's always bringing her tarot cards. And <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. So so I so what's your understanding of uh, of tarot cards? Like what do, what do you think they're that people think they're doing or say they're doing? Like what's the value of them? Would you say? If there is any value, there is no value what? to it. Yeah, no, I'm, there's no value to it. Okay. <laughs> I'm trying to figure that out because for me, it's just like, oh, okay, so this is just like, you're, you're talking about like chance, like based off of whatever card you it's get. Like it's like horoscope. It's supposed bullshit. to be for you. Okay. Yeah. It's horoscope. It is. Bullshit. It's, it's the same it's, thing. You ever read your horoscope? Oh my God, it's always speaking it's to me. It's general directly. statements that you could find, you know, okay. relevance in your yeah, life. Yeah, like you, you totally. can read into it, you can project yourself into so, it. It doesn't matter what it is. So um, I always thought it was like, Oh, it's you know it's spirits or some kind of you know you know mystical intuition and whatever and you know you guys know how I feel about that and you guys kind of feel the same about that kind of stuff. But no, there's actual. I I think I see the utility and potential value. Oh, here we go. She closed you last <laughs> night at dinner. No. <laughs> well, check this out. He got a really good no, card. No, no, no. Don't, no, try, no. don't try to get us involved in your devil. Come on, no. man. I got a terrible card. It's bullshit. It has nothing so, to do with yeah. it has nothing to do with that. No, no, no. You guys, I was totally just like where you guys were. All right, totally keep selling us here. Okay. <laughs> keep selling us. No, no, no. Watch us. when I explain it, you're gonna be like, oh fuck. Yeah, we're so a harder Are you guys dude. familiar with the I think they're pronounced Rorschach? Tests, I think there are the the uh, blot, war, the war, blot. Yeah, yeah. How do you say it? Rorschach. W. Yeah, Rorschach. 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 Like, you've seen w. those, right? Where psychologists will hold up like a. Oh like yeah, yeah. The black, like, the what black do you blob. See? Yeah. yeah. So what's the value in that? What's the value in the psychologist or psychiatrist showing? They an can see blot? how you how you think, right? Right. The utility is in in your own what your own intuition is saying about yourself, right? Okay. okay. 
So if you look at the cards on, in a tarot deck or, or decks of cards that are similar, Rorschach. Oh, you're right. Rorschach. With the R. So when you look at a, a deck of uh, tarot cards or cards that are similar, when you actually examine the cards themselves, you realize that, and you guys are kind of alluding to this, they can be interpreted many, many, many different ways. So the card could say, for example, um, you know, big changes are, hap- are going to come, prepare yourself. And you can interpret it and yeah. be like, oh man, I- I'm going through, I'm going to go through a divorce. I know. Or you could be like, oh my God, my business is going to blow up or whatever. Right, right. right okay. Yeah. So, so that's the key here. The key is that these cards are specific, but general enough to where you can interpret them into many different ways. So here's the utility. The utility is this. How often do you have an inner voice or intuition that you constantly question and challenge? You know, and then later on, you're like, you know what? I should have listened to myself. I knew that. I knew that what I was thinking. Happens quite often to a lot of us. And so when you're doing these cards, you pull up these cards, the way you interpret them is everything. Now, it's not telling you the future or anything like that. What it's doing is allowing you to have a, a conversation with your own intuition, so it's you're allowed, talking to your inner voice. Hundred percent. That's yeah. all it is. Well, all you it do is, that with meditation, though. You can, and it, it's a tool. It's a tool. Now, is it a perfect tool? No, yeah. not at all. Because well, it backfire. Could, well, you, if you, you if you have negative self talk, yes. and then you get a card that then you're like, then it gets in your head more, and it probably will come true later. Correct. On. Yeah. Correct. <laughs> well, and right. that's and that's my point. But if let's say you're, you're let's say you have a good you do a good job of really having a conversation with yourself. So, so we did these, she, she was kind of trying to explain it to me. And then the way she explained it, I was like, wait a minute, I can see some utility in this. So then we did them again. And I realized the way I interpret them just tells me about my own inner voice, what I kind of know to be true. Mm. And it helped validate it. But you have to be honest with yourself when you do these types of things. And then I realized that's why these fucking cards are so popular. And that's why they've lasted for so long is because there's some utility in that. And it's just a tool. I could see it being a psychological tool. You're just training your thought process. Yeah, like like right. you know, think about that inner voice where you're like you're you're dating someone and that inner voice is like, you know, this person's crazy. You don't want to be with this person. This is not a good relationship. But for whatever reason you're attracted to them, you're stuck, but you got this inner voice. Then you do the cards and the cards say, you know, the, the cards present whatever and you interpret them as like get the fuck out of the relationship. You're like, you know what? I know this. This resonates. Yeah. I know this to be true. I need to make this decision. You know, All something I know like that. Is it's yeah. one step towards the devil. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one <laughs> more step closer to the devil. Shut up. Yeah. So. Shut up. Anyway, can you guys see what I'm trying to say? No, I get it. I yeah, get yeah, it. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, cool, just, right? Yeah. Yeah, 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 I knew it. Yeah. I knew it. You had a deck now or what? I told, yeah. no, I, <laughs> no, I didn't. But I told her this yesterday, and my mind was so blown, and yeah. she was so surprised, like, why my mind was blown. Like, I'm like, I told her, I'm like, because you guys don't sell it right. No. You don't explain this shit right. So this This bit, is why I got into D and D for a minute. Yeah. Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> yeah. Oh jeez. Yeah, dude. Did yeah. you ever do I was that? Like a war- yeah. I was like a wizard, you know, it was cool to like pretend you're you a wizard. You did D and D? Only for a little bit. I didn't know that. When I was like in elementary school. I don't know, school. man. That's that's a that's a that's like what is it? How many points on the nerd scale is that? That's it's, high. That's a lot. Yeah, that's high. Uh, I, I mean I, I didn't get, quite LARP, but who, I definitely did. Who a saved D&D. you? Uh, or did you go to a the, couple of my friends? Because like, you're, you're not allowed to play D and D. They punked me. You yeah. can't do D and D and sports. I know. I, I like mixed with the, the nerds, and then I went back to sports. So yeah, I have like a soft spot for for all my nerds out there. Do what? Do you remember <laughs> what grade you were in when it, when it came in your life? I think it was like fourth grade. Okay, yeah. so you're really that's young. all right. Yeah. yeah, if you're in high school, 
Yeah. yeah, if you're in high school, yeah, there's no, yeah. There's yeah, no safety. No, there was those kids, bro, at lunch break. They went mm-hmm. and played D&D, and the rest of us, like, socialized and ate. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what, though? I got into it. was one rainy day recess, you know what I mean? I was like, oh, this is cool. And then, you well, know, yeah, you like you know me, I like fantasy and, like, like sci-fi. I could have I easily fallen I didn't fallen realize how far back that game goes. It's old. Yeah, I, yeah. So I thought it became popular when we were kids, because I didn't know of it before. Uh, when did it come out? 70s? I guess it's. 80. I know it was popular in the eighties. Before that, it's before us. Yeah. So I thought we. Be. I thought it was our generation that that brought it to be, but it had. I found out later on that it. Been I don't know for much about time. it, but I do know that it's pretty complex. If I'm if I'm not mistaken. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, remember, it's like, aren't they playing it in Stranger Things? Yes, yeah, they, they are. are. Yeah. That's, then they had that magic to gather. They like had multiple variations of it. Like, but that's later. pretty much the idea of it, right? It is. Yeah, yeah. You got yeah. cards, you tell a story, yeah, you make weird sounds. If you're really you into wizards and elves and shit, you know, like you'll get sucked in. Yeah. Well, you know what's funny is that now today being a nerd does not mean the same thing as it used to be. Well, it's cool. It's exactly. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Somebody somebody let, let it out that all the nerds rule the world. <laughs> Somebody yeah. finally told everybody, like, hey, you know that high school quarterback guy and the guy that's all popular scoring out? He ends up being a douche 90% of the time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you know that kid that it's fucking. It's like every movie, yeah. you know, the, the the cool jock guy that got yeah. all the chicks. He ends up like bald and fat and drinking yeah. like all day. Douchebag, yeah. right? Yeah. Doing some shitty ass job if he has a job. He manages and then, a convenience store. And the, kid, <laughs> and the kid that was isolated like by himself teacher. reading novels yeah. at lunchtime. Yeah, that's your boss. Yeah. <laughs> 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 like, so fucking wise up. Yeah. <laughs> Befriend them yeah. now. No, it's. It's true. Nerds are not. They're not. They're not looked at the same way at all. Yeah, In fact, yeah. doing nerdy things is kind of cool. Don't for you think kids that's now. why? Though I feel like that's kind of that that came that came to be where people started. I mean, maybe it was different. Probably in the fifties and sixties, maybe the popular kids got all the fucking cool jobs. Back yeah, then, maybe. yeah, because it was it was maybe it was it was a different time back then where you could get a job just because well, you were the cool kid and you knew someone you knew someone who knew well, someone. Well, here where, was a, here was some interesting stuff hmm. though. Stuff that made at least when we were kids, certain things that made you nerdy when you were in high school when I was a kid, also made you fucking cool when you were in your twenties and thirties. For example, yeah, let me hear this. Well, here's a good one. Let's say you played the fucking an instrument. Let's say you played I don't care what instrument, saxophone or trumpet or trombone. When you're a teenager, you're a fucking dork. Yeah. When you're in your late twenties, early thirties, you're still a dork. Not at all. <laughs> you're still no way. Be, you play an instrument, bro. If you came out with a, a trombone right now and started rocking the dopest yeah. tune ever, I mean, I would be impressed. I'm gonna throw something. That's at what you. I'm saying. <laughs> but you still be a fucking nerd. To no, me. no, 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 no. no. You're, wait, what you're getting mixed up with, and I, and I Not, will agree with this is like. That, I mean, you could serenade a chick, and a chick is into that. When you get in, that's a, what I'm saying. As an adult, oh my God. but that don't make you more cool with the boys. I've always wanted to playing the piano guy. does not make you more yeah. cool with your boys. Yeah. With your boys? Yes. No. Uh, None it, of my boys. If my boys came out, bro, just you like, go to you go to a listen fucking to me rocks and Beethoven right now. No, you no, go to no. a bar and there's a piano in there just on the side. Oh, and you could just bust your out dorky Beethoven. friend goes over and starts playing, and all the I, girls give him attention. Yeah. He's cool. Yeah. He's cool instantly. I can't get on board with this. You don't one. think so? Like, yeah. cool Better now. You're normally really good with your analogies. Novel. Not so good on this I one. I don't know, man. We'll see. <laughs> Ladies, if a guy plays an instrument in his 20s and 30s, <laughs> and he's actually good and at he's it, good at you it, you have to be really yeah. good. Is that nerdy or is that kind of cool? You would have to be at an, another level good. Yeah. You really would. Yeah, if you suck. Well, no, even if you don't Ooh, suck. A xylophone just, check bro, if you're just like kind of an average, if you're an average <laughs> piano playing dude in his 20s, it's not that cool, bro. Dude, I knew a kid in high school who played the harmonica. Dork. 
later on, when he's like in his late 20s at a bar, yeah. pulls out his harmonica, everybody's drunk. He became Fuck. blues traveler. He's fucking cool. Everybody's yeah. singing along. They're like, that guy's great. Man. I don't know, dude. Maybe there's just levels to cool and you haven't seen like super cool yeah. before. Yeah, well, I play I mean, the There's spoons. certain instruments too. So, yeah, let's, <laughs> yeah, like this, let's, let's, like yeah, the there's a hierarchy. <laughs> of, uh, you're going to get laid. You're totally not. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Is the accordion still not cool? Is uh, that coming back? No, no. You not, imagine not that? Cool. Only for Weird Al. He, he pulled it off. You bring that out. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, that's, that guy's a man. Hey, so what's up with the, the new? New uh, design that PRX put on their, their the rack. camo. Yeah, it's like did you see that? It's snakeskin camo. Or I something think like it's that? cool, man. Like I would have had that if I, I would have decked the whole room out for the boys and made it like a cool like fort. You Doug, know? pull that up. Rachel was talking about that, and she I don't kept, know why they did it, but I think it looks cool. There's got to be a reason behind that. You don't. You're not a company like PRX, and you don't all of a sudden decide I'm going to make camouflage racks without. Well, the racks already. Fold and flat against the wall. So I guess if you want them even more incognito, so, yeah. <laughs> so if you're Ooh, where is it? If I your wall is designed it. like the fucking the, the forest, yeah, because <laughs> because that's how everybody paints their yeah. fucking. I don't want to see it. Okay, I don't want to see it. I know. I'm, I'm actually really curious to to why. Are you trying to pull it up right now, Doug? I think yes. there's a demand, bro. Look yeah. how many people wear. Camo no, I think so. I've seen a lot of the barbells are getting it, like wraps and different. Cool I mean, it looks. It stuff. looks. It actually it looks, looks tough. It does look cool. It yeah. looks I mean, really it, tough. It looks, it does look tough. No, it looks really fucking cool. I'm just. Yeah. In, I'm curious to. You what, know what though? Have you guys seen? There's been some people that have taken it like on the outside part of their house, like so. It's like there's a covering, like an awning, so oh, it's like kind of in your backyard. So it's like half kind of outdoor, but Ooh, also I, like I was like. That. I thought that was a good idea. That's you actually should go well with that. That's smart because yeah. when you fold it up against the house, it's underneath the, the yeah, side of the house. Under the awning. Yeah, so yeah. it's not going to get any rain or anything on it. And then when you want to use it, you fold it out and you're squatting outside. Yeah, dude. Oh, that's I was like, brilliant. damn, I would have loved to do that. No, they have the best. They have the best. Okay, so you know what this reminds me of looking at this camo um, uh, squat rack or whatever? You guys ever see pictures of uh, like, you know, uh, military overseas when they have like their gym set up? Oh yeah, in you know Iraq or Afghanistan they're or like whatever. Doing, yeah, they're 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 wrapping suspension trainers on tanks and like doing yeah, cool shit. or they're doing barbell presses with like you know tires and shit like that, and the right. whole thing's kind of camoed out or whatever. Kind of reminds it me. It kind of looks like that. You know what I did see on their site too? They have sandbags. Like everybody always asks me, where can I get sandbags? Like for our Map Strong program. PRX has sandbags. Yes. Oh, I didn't they know. They sell sandbags and they also sell dumbbells in case you know that was something too that. You yeah. Shout out to our awesome partners. I yeah. didn't even know that. Uh, I yeah, just go through them, man. They were on Shark Tank. Yes, yeah, silly. Why you were, didn't know that, why, dude. Did they, I forget that? I must have yeah, known that. Yeah, that was the very beginning. That's what, that's what attracted Taylor to them in the first place. Oh, yeah. yeah he, when he first brought it to me, he's like, "Hey, check this company out. They were on Shark Tank, and I really like what they're doing." Blah blah blah. That was that's how he first initially introduced it to us. Oh, rad! Look at that. I didn't know they had the sandbags. Yeah, bro. So here's the, here's the thing about sandbags. I'd like to communicate. However much you think you can lift, go lighter. Mm -hmm. Sandbags are way harder to hold than you think. Oh yeah, like we have a we have a two hundred pound one here. I could lift two hundred pounds. I could do it with one hand on a barbell. I Lifting a two hundred pound sandbag and carrying different it, different story. That's a and what it does is it does it encourages rounded back lifting. Mm -hmm. So and what I mean by that is not your lower back, but rather your upper back, because when you're lifting it, you're hugging it. You have to spread your scapula and round your back in order to hug this round. Well, object. these ones are. We have the ones like uh, that Rogue makes that are like kind of. I don't know how you would describe almost like tree stumps. Yeah. You know, versus these are even better because they got the handles, so, so you, you can actually yeah, you can do the snatch, the cleans, the yeah. snatch, and like the the shouldering oh, moves so way better. So good. You know, I was watching a video by uh, Joe DeFranco the other day. This reminds me of, uh, and he's just the guy always puts out. 
The thing about DeFranco that I like a lot is oh, he puts, he puts out, out great shit. solid information, but he does a good job communicating. Is it our also. is our course is it uh, up for people to register for that with him? I don't think it's up yet. Oh, it's coming though. Yeah, it's, yeah. yeah we're, when is it? We scheduled it, didn't we? Yeah, we did. Yeah. When is he coming? In, when is he coming to Mind Pump? Uh, I think it's November. It's November, in November. We're gonna have a full DeFranco certification. Oh, yeah. No, I'm ex- yeah. I'm ex- sorry. But yeah, anyway, uh, he he did the guy. He does such a good job communicating um, good information, and he made such a fucking excellent point. When we're lifting weights, we are constantly strengthening the scapular retracted and depressed position. When you bench press, you're constantly pulling the shoulder blades down and back. When you're doing rows, you're focusing on that back and down squeezing. He says it's a good idea to offset that with some scapular forward pressing movements because that scapular forward press, spreading the scapula is the serratus. And a lot of people develop issues with their serratus or imbalances because they never strengthen it. So like a push-up where you're pushing up and then rounding your shoulders at the top would be a good idea to offset that retracted scapular mm. position, especially uh, in guys yeah. like who like us who lift all the time. Uh-huh. Now, obviously, obviously, the average person you got to focus on pulling the shoulders back. Right, you got to correct a lot of the normal like day to day postural issues. Yeah, but if you train a lot, a lot, a lot, it's like a good idea to focus on pressing with the rounded back as well. I know we've talked about well, that uh, just makes back a lot of exercises. Sense. That, that just highlights the importance of going through full range of motion on movements and strengthening it all the way through. Right? Yeah, versus yeah, shortening things up. Yeah, because some people get scapular winging and they get issues with their shoulder blades because their serratus is not strong or weak or whatever and that causes shoulder instability. Dude, speaking of of lifting, I watched uh last night cuz I don't sleep anymore. I was watching uh West Side versus the World. Have you guys seen that? I saw the like Louis Simmons 40, yeah. 40 minutes of it. Oh, okay. Did yeah. you what you you, you you fell off you didn't like it? Um yeah, no, I was watching it just It was all right. It, so. it wasn't amazing. But I he, there, there he's was a maniac. There's a couple things a maniac. that I didn't fucking know that uh, he was responsible. Did you guys know he's the one who, was re- who created the reverse hyper? Yeah, you invented yeah, the yeah, reverse hyper. Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah, because he injured his back. Like, yeah, really, I didn't really know bad. he. I did not know he created that. I also didn't know that he completely popularized uh, chains and bands. Mm. Yeah, nobody else was using chains or bands. Like, mm-hmm. and he talks about the story of like that, how that came to be. He doesn't take the I credit. Di- I don't remember. I, d- I do remember him talking about. What did he say about the chains and bands? Well, specific- both both of them. He doesn't take credit as he invented it. He's just like the first person started applying it to build strength. Like somebody brought it up to him, and he at that time was uh, uh, reading. I forget what book it is. The uh, the popular Russian uh, strength training book that we've I think we've even talked about on the show before. He's reading that, and it's just talking about uh, the strength curve, and then manipulating that mm. in training. And so he's like, he was. They were like playing around with uh, these. I forget what they is were it called. Super training? No, it's not super oh. training. It's a different book. I know I, we've talked about it before, or I've alluded to it. But uh, before chains and bands were popular, the Russians used to do this thing where um, the, it's like a, a straight bar and there's like weights at the bottom. Oh, it drops the weights off. Yeah, and it yeah, drops yeah, yeah. the weights off. That's how it like originated. They, that concept and that idea uh, of loading it on... on loading on, the negative. Yes. Yeah, so basically the way that works, which those are valuable tools also. Right, They're right. different than chains and bands. It's like you lift a weight. It's got a bar hooked around your weight with weights hanging from the bottom, but they're low. They're kind of close to the floor. Hmm. You lower the weight so it's heavier to lower, but then when you hit the floor- It unhooks. Those weights hit the floor and it unhooks. Now you could press up a lighter oh, weight. that's cool. So yeah. it overloads the so negative. That's how- Super cool. That's kind of how it originated. It originated yeah. from that, and then somebody, I think, told him like, oh, you could use, I use chains for, to, to create that same thing. And so yeah. then he started using chains like crazy. And then he was trying to, and he talk. He actually talks about the difference between the the chains and bands. And I know we get that as a as a question all the time. 
and they he he leans more towards the bands. They started band so tra- training like crazy. I, I love bands more than I like chains too, but chains are they just they just wreck my body more. Yeah. Bands feel smooth and they don't. Yeah, bands are smoother for sure. Yeah, yeah, chains it, it, it does feel like it could sway a little. It has a little more movement to it. I would say. I just yeah. thought it was interesting yeah. that I did not know he was responsible for a lot of those. I things. like That's- those bars too that flex, you know, for deadlifting, so you can get like one. One uh, weight to lift off, and then the next, and then the next, and the oh, next. Oh, I've seen that. Yeah, I've seen that. you know, you know what's cool about um, uh, what's, what's his that name? called? A Texas. Gosh bar? darn it! What's yeah. his name? That was uh, uh, the guy that ran Westside Barbell. I can't believe Louis I can't Simmons. Louis Simmons. Yeah. What I love about him, and it highlights this quite well um, in our space. I think it's in other spaces too. <clears throat> is that the best coaches are, and the ones that really revolutionize how we train are just the ones that seem to be the most intuitive. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. yeah. he doesn't have all this, like... No, he doesn't have a crazy degree He doesn't in have the formal education, no, none all. of that stuff, but he was very intuitive when he said, okay, I think that might work, or let's try this, or let's apply that, and then he tested it out, and it worked. Joe DeFranco did that with pulling the sled. Remember how people argued like crazy with him about sled pulling and say, oh, that's not gonna, that's going to make him slow down? Oh, He's like, yeah. It'll make For him faster. running mechanics? Yeah. yeah, now he's got formal education too, but it's this intuitive aspect of... And Westside Barbell produced champions i mean they just continue to produce champions but yeah. brutal brutal guy uh, this, their, their gym for a long time was his garage bro the whole time it's been a shithole yeah, he's yeah. in the documentary i think he moved to three or four different locations every one of them was a shithole oh i mean that like he thrived in that that environment i don't think he That's ever great. desired to have like a commercial mm-hmm. looking gym it was a good documentary so you, was, you couldn't go to sleep that's why you watched it oh dude i just i what's don't up with, what's up with the sleep <laughs> i don't fucking sleep bro <laughs> last night dude and he's going through this like uh um, what I forget what they call it. There's a, a phase of where he's just fussy as shit, and he has per- there's like two periods of the day, and ha- one of them happens to be fucking late at night, mm. where he's just <laughs> oh, no. little cocky. Oh, signs, bro, huh? I was I was l- flipping around looking for the return policy last night. No, like, no, no. <laughs> fucking, how do I take this thing back? Like, hey, <laughs> now you know why you love him so much. Because oh, if you did it, nobody, everybody be like, yeah. fuck this. I'm I know. Here. I'm yeah. thinking he's like he's crying. I I I do this like humming singing thing to him because I can't sing either. Can I hear it? No, absolutely not. <laughs> oh man, yeah. I want to hear this. Is, this is, I can't this, wait to. This is for me and him, right? Yeah, that's it. Yeah. That's it. But I'm humming like "I love you, Maximus." That's all I'm humming to him, and I just repeat that over and over. And I'm like, as he's like crying, I'm thinking in my head, like, "Oh my god, you have to do this chant in your head for the what to your point." You know, <laughs> yeah, remind yourself. Yeah, I do love you. I do love you. I really because that's what it's starting to sound like to me when I'm singing. Dude, and, and remember that this is the funny story. It was so much sweeter when he was uh, early on. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. They 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 challenged. The shit out of you. you it know what? It's like this <laughs> challenging, then it's like so. Yeah. Oh, this is so great, and then challenging. Yeah, it doesn't end. By the way, I'm yeah. really what I'm. It's never, it's never an end. To oh, the I, I, it just I, changes. I see that. That's. I see that with my my two best friends. It's nice seeing that they they both are uh, six month and a year uh, phases ahead of me. Yeah. And so I can see, and what it looks like that it happens, and and I was aware of this. It just it was just more apparent. I'm all paying more attention to it now. It's just that. Each phase, there's pluses and minuses, right? It's mm. like, oh, now he he no longer wants to fall asleep on your chest, but now he's like saying words and he's doing things like that. But oh, you know, you gotta watch. He gets into everything, and so sticks his finger in everything. Yeah, yeah. So I the think that they're there. Oh my god! Yeah. I'm actually just really, I'm I'm really proud of Katrina and I because uh, with as little asleep, I feel like that we've both been uh, having, and uh, we we haven't got into it at all. And everybody would, everyone would say that to me, like, "Oh man!" If you do, don't feel bad about it, too. Yeah. If you do, don't also don't feel bad about it. It's totally normal. It's the first, the first two to three years are the hardest. Yeah. If you look at like 
di- split up rates, divorce rates, difficulty rates. It's like the first two or three years is like you got to get through. Don't don't you think that was true? Oh, totally absolutely. for yeah, totally yeah. for me. That's yeah. the hardest. It's, it's trial by fire. Yeah. yeah, and then once you get over that first couple of years, then things start to. My sister has you know she's got a lot of kids and. Every time, the first two years, man, they go through a real rough patch. And then yeah. after that, they kind of get better. And she's like, I want to have another kid. I'm like, did you forget Yeah, what happened last time? Yeah, that's kind of. I, I kind of <laughs> yeah. feel like that as I'm going through. I'm like, man, I don't know if I'm going to. I have a really good memory, man. I think I'll remember this. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I said going into the second one. <laughs> I, was like, I'm like, I knew exactly what I was yeah, in for. Yeah, are you sure you want to do this again? Because I, I have, remember. So in some kids, like my kids were, they were okay like this. They weren't too squirrely or whatever. But some kids, once they start walking... Like I have nieces and nephews that you literally can't take your eye off. That's of. Hunter. That's literally so. Oh. I'm watching my best friend right now, and I'm and I'm exhausted watching him because he will not sit still. He is just constantly running, throwing, banging, dropping. Just is that's fucking, my youngest man. You cannot you cannot sit for literally ten seconds because he won't sit still. He doesn't. You'll find no. the one thing in the room that is breakable. Or yeah, something. yeah, and they'll go right for it. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah so. That was my. That's my nephew. My nephew's just fucking. Uh. And, and my parents are watching him, and my mom is like, "I'm not. I'm too old to do this. This is getting me tired." Have you seen those boards that they create for kids like this? And I think it's fucking. It's like doorknobs and shit. Yes. Like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It made. I forget. There's a name for them, and I know it's it's viral on on Tumblr or Pinterest or one of those fucking things that everybody goes on to. And he he did it outside, and it's probably I'd say it's probably about five feet long to uh, probably three feet tall mm-hmm. and they went to Home Depot and just you know bought doorknobs and switches and PVC pipe and, oh, that's brilliant yeah and it's just got all these things for him to hit and spin yeah. and pull and drop and like it just keeps he says that that thing is pretty cool you, you gotta go, like fence him in yeah well yeah. so it is it's actually he made it part of his fence so he has a deck oh, outside and he has a there's a gap for where you go out to the pool, yeah. uh, and he has made uh, that as the fence to stop the, stop him from going in there, so he can roam around on the deck. Now he goes. Now the only problem with it is he loves it so fucking much that he just wants to go out there all day long. So it's uh, like nine o'clock at night, and he's standing there. They are. Right it's there. a busy board. A busy board. Busy board. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. they had those at like these child museums. No wonder it took off. Yeah, that was that's brilliant. Yeah. I didn't even think to do that because I've been to those. Uh, you know, when my kids were young too, and didn't even think to make my own. I see. So that's I've never seen anyone make one home, but it does. Make Make so much sense. You're like easy to make, easy, yeah, yeah. cheap, yeah, yeah. simple. Oh, yeah, yeah. Did you, them. Justin, when your kids were were younger, did they ever go through this phase where my daughter did this, where I would say, "Don't throw that on the floor," and she would look at me and just and just like right, now, like, watch, eyeballing you as as they do it. Yeah, gangster as fuck, yeah. just watching me like, oh, this, and then just. One time I'm like, don't pour that on the floor. Yes, and she grabbed it and I said, don't you dare, and she literally went like this. And, just, and all you do is see red, and then you, and then I started laughing. Like that, that's how I learned how to like turn my rage into laughter. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Otherwise, it would die. You know, <laughs> it was like survival. You know? Yeah, uh, I had to just laugh it off. It was my, it was, it was my least favorite stage. Yeah, that was that you was a, that was a tough one. Yeah, I was just like, I was like, what do you do? And then I tested this out. I'd be like, because yeah, they want to know boundaries. Oh, and know? then I test that. I like, throw it on the floor. I'm like, maybe we should do the opposite. And then she's like, okay, cool. And throws it on the floor. I'm like, there's no way I can win. <laughs> it's not gonna. I it's coming. I also noticed too, guys. I don't know if it's the fatigue setting in or whatever like that. That I do a little more scatterbrain type stuff that I think probably annoys my girl. That that I, you know, it, there's this thing that I do every once in a while. It's very rare I do this, but it seems to be more common because I'm sleep deprived. I think, but or because I got a lot of things going on on my on my plate. But 
there's only there's only a couple things where I get like the real evil eye from Katrina, mm-hmm. where she just doesn't even respond. She just kind of turns her head, and looks at me, like <laughs> oh, no. the fuck you just say, or what you you know. <laughs> I don't get that a lot, but every once in a while, and I have this bad habit, and it's and it's the boys, right? So when I take the boys uh, walking, uh, my my two bulldogs, and uh, if they get distracted, they, another dog is coming. This that I have this thing that I do that gets their attention, and it works every time. Psst, psst. You know, if I do yeah. psst, like that, it'll get them to li- look at me and I'm trying to get their attention and they'll stop doing that. And it's just a fast way when they're, they're going a direction I don't want them to or I want them to pay attention to me and not be distracted by whatever's walking by. But every once in a while, I do that to Katrina. <laughs> you do that to <laughs> yeah, 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 unintentionally. You, you just trying to get her attention hey, hey, real quick. Psst. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, she gets up real quick and to move. And That's it, weird that yeah. that would bother her. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, psst, psst. Can I get a Pepsi? Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Hey, hey, brothers! Uh, I and I feel fucking terrible. Hilarious. It's yeah. just it's just you're getting be- up. Can you give me a beer? Oh my god! Dude. <laughs> so I don't mean to do it. It's just out of habit of trying to get the attention of the boy. It's like a quick thing, right? It's like a real quick yeah, thing, yeah, yeah. and it only comes out every once in a while. But I feel like lately it's came out more than I I normally. Would. <laughs> oh my god, that's funny. No, but for for yeah. me, it's uh, you know what annoys uh, Jessica is after I drink when I wake up in the morning, the first thing I do is I get a big glass of water. And I do this thing where I drink my water, and once I'm done, I go, ah, I can make that sound. <laughs> and she gets so like fucking- Every time. Yeah, she's like, why do you Why do you yeah. do that? And I'm like, it's I don't just know. just water. I have to do it that way. Maybe I got conditioned by fucking Coke and Pepsi commercials. Yeah, that's probably what it was. As a kid, you know? Subliminally. And so now in. now when I drink, I'm all like quiet, trying to make it quiet, but I can't. Yeah. So I'm like- So even when you, you drink, it's, it's not water? satisfying. Anything. It's, it's like satisfying to do anything. that. Yeah. I drink and I- yeah. I think it's because I'm holding my breath, and so I let the breath out. I don't know. Uh, yeah. It's pretty annoying. No, Courtney, oh, dude. So every night, uh, the last few nights, I would say maybe like for the last two weeks, um, and this has been a constant battle forever, is the the sheets, tucked in versus untucked. Like, I can't tuck the sheets on my feet. I can't do it. I feel restricted. Like hotels? No. I, I hate that, I have to undo dude. it immediately. Yeah. Like, I cannot. <laughs> I kick it off. Yeah. And uh, that just drives her insane. Like, I don't know why. It's like, I, I'm just she like, likes them in. you can have them tucked in. Look, I'm doing this right now. I'm tucking your side in, but I'm free. I'm a free bird, dude. You're not going to confine me to this <laughs> bullshit, right? And, uh, dude, I don't know what, like... The other night, I just barely, like, really slowly do it because I know it really irritates her. And so I'm, like, taking it off, and I'm putting my feet, and I'm, like, you know, just kind of stretching. I'm, like, Rrr. and she's, like, that does it. You know? <laughs> 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 and, like, throws this huge, like, like stink about it. I'm, like, oh, my God. Dude, I don't know if we're ever going to solve this. <laughs> this is going to always be an issue. No, you ha- you get. I, I was watching this video by uh, Dr. John Gottman. Love that guy. Great relationship advice. Did you watch that video I sent, by the way? I didn't yet, dude. Watch I've it been, with I've girl. been meaning to. Yeah, I I it, swear it to God, sounds it's, amazing. it's such a good video, but he talks about stuff like that, and he says there's a point with small things like that where both people just are okay with it. He's like, there's, there's like, there's like stages that you go through, and then you hit this final stage where, where I see my parents are this way. Yeah. They used to fight over shit all the time. That today. They just like whatever. That's your dad. Eh, your mom yeah, does that. that. That's what he deal. does. That's what she does. Yeah, yeah. you just kind of get over it, and you don't you don't care yeah. anymore. You know, there's. A, I can't wait to get to yeah, that. We're, we're getting there. <laughs> yeah, that's gonna be the best. <laughs> right now, it's in yeah. the uh, pinnacle of yeah. it. Hey, dude, what's your uh, what's your? Con- this is kind of scary for me. So I want to make sure that we we're careful. <laughs> okay, okay. About talking yeah, about yeah, this, please. But I, 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 you were talking about how there's a connection between you 
and uh, Jeffrey okay. Epstein. The whole okay. Whoa, bro. Okay, all right, all right. You've been not... to the island? No, no, no don't be throwing that out there. No, no, there's nothing crazy like that. But, okay, I was watching uh, Louder with Crowder. My friend had told me about this. He was watching, and he's like, dude, you'll never believe it. And I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, so somebody from high school, this cheerleader that we both knew, very well was uh <laughs> why did you say it like that i don't know why very i said well. that. <laughs> that was a little slip uh, anyways she she was on there and i guess very well yeah it was on like inside edition and so they were like referring to this clip of uh, i mean they were talking about the whole conspiracy and how you know yeah. like everything behind it and stuff and then they showed this clip of of basically this girl Shantae, who who is taking uh you know the reporters onto this uh onto this plane this private plane and was talking about how she was like his private masseuse and oh and she's in that clip that i sent to you guys on the main thread that said the youtube the the crowder with crowder yeah yeah she that's her oh shit so, I saw, that, so, so I, she went to my high school oh and, shit and was like a, like in a grade above us and like used to hang out in my circle and everything and we're just like what? Like, oh my god! Like how crazy! So this girl, you know her, and then you just saw her. You, you didn't hang out with her anymore, or whatever. No, we, I had no idea what she was up to in life or whatever and, since high school. And so. now you watch this video, and you're like that, and she's she's talking about being his private masseuse. Yeah, private masseuse. Oh, like, she's getting. Inve- they're going to ask her a lot of questions. I know, I'm sure. and I'm like, why would she go on like a, a major national television and be associated? Well, maybe she's innocent. Maybe she literally was yeah, just probably. the masseuse, right. getting paid lots of money because I'm sure Definitely. he paid her a shit ton. I mean. That's what I'm going to lean money. on. I'm just saying that that's crazy that, you know, I know somebody in that uh, world. That, you know what else is crazy? I saw that the, the not petition, what's it? Is it a petition that they're trying to sign? Oh, Joe- online? The yes. online petition? Yeah. To have Joe Rogan yes. moderate the, yes. the debate? Yes. Oh, that would be brilliant. It's already you think got- going to happen? Bro, it's got to- nah. it, Well, I yeah, will nah. never let it happen. No well, way. I, I, would they? I don't know, dude. Nah. We live in a different- wouldn't let it happen, dude. We're in a different time now. They, 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 w- I, I would love if Joe Rogan moderated the debate and asked the questions everybody really wants. Oh my God. That answers would be awesome. To and corners these fuckers because they, the way they answer <laughs> questions is so ridiculous. Like- yeah. You know what? That's a good question, John. I'm going to get to that in just a second. But I do want to say that I feel America's yeah. the greatest. Like, and then you're done. And it's like, he didn't answer the question. Yeah. Yeah. And then they move on. I would love that if Rogan did that. You imagine? Yeah. It's like, okay, so are there aliens? You first. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so, what if what if, what if, what if presidents or candidates start doing it, though, on their own? Like, not because you would think that there would be some. Okay. Imagine there's, you know, X amount of candidates that are running right now. And Joe puts it out there that, hey, I'm going to host my. It's not going to be the presidential debate. But if but, you want. But if you want, I'm going to be inviting. I think it would be no, smart. that could happen. Right. He's already had like a bunch of presidential candidates on his right. show. Yeah, so yeah. he's already got the contacts and relationship with them. It, they, it, obviously, it's smart for them because millions of people listen to Joe Rogan. He's yeah. become the Oprah of podcasting. Right. So wouldn't it make sense for him? And he's getting this petition going around, which I think is already close to 100,000 or more people that have signed it already. Oh, it'll hit millions. Right. Once it spreads, it'll hit yeah. millions. And so then why wouldn't you? use that as leverage to create it on your own platform and say hey I'm inv- I've got my I've already got Biden I've already got you know Trump in my pocket I could call these people up let's call them up and see if they want to get on a sh- get on the show we'll I would love that and, but- they would, and then imagine you're the one guy who denies it now you know here's the thing I don't think you'd want to I don't think you'd want to because when he's out, when he's interviewing people it's a different story but when he's moderating a debate the, the people moderating the debate are, are always, 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 always being accused of being for one side or the other. 
So let's say you're moderating a debate. You're trying to be as, as objective as possible, trying to be as neutral as possible. But one of the one of the, the guys debating or girls debating sucks and gets their asses kicked. Now all of his or her fans are like, oh, Joe Rogan, he's totally a liberal. He's totally conservative. Of course he's – and it could ruin his whole – Well, we saw that thing. with the girl mm-hmm. who moderated Trump in them, right? Because didn't, didn't her and Trump get into it a little oh, bit? Yeah, and she, she got wrecked. Yeah, yeah, right? That wasn't good. Right. Yeah, so – and Rogan's got such a thriving business. That, would he even want to play in that, in that world? I don't know. I don't, yeah, know. I don't know. Interesting. Don't know. So, well, so uh, real quick, um, study came out – large study came out showing that heart attacks – are becoming more common in younger people, people in their twenties and thirties. No now way. it's in, and now it's not a huge rise, but it is rising, and it's weird because that's an age group that typically, yeah, rarely they, ever gets heart attacks. What have they attributed that to? Well, so far they're making all kinds of speculations. I have my my personal speculation. I'll tell you what my guess is because I haven't looked at all the data and all that stuff, um, and I don't even think there's tons of data yet. Looking into why, I think the data is just showing that it's it's you know that it's rising. But my personal opinion is, I think that the that caffeine intake has been gradually and dramatically mm. increasing among the youth That's for an a while now. Theory. Hmm. And caffeine, if you have cardiac issues, I don't think these kids are getting heart attacks because their arteries are. Have clogged. you ever looked at? I it'd be a, this would be an interesting stat to look up. Would okay. First of all, Starbucks came on scene how many years ago now? Nineties eh, it started getting big. Right. So I mean, even when we were, when we were kids, like it, coffee was not a thing. No, no, no. and it, neither were energy drinks. Old, old people drank yeah. coffee. Neither yeah. were energy drinks. Right. They so, weren't huge until later. So do we have do we have the numbers on how how much? Uh, caffeine is consumed today versus by the youth. Yeah, I don't know. It'd be but just period. Just yeah. c- consumption. What's caffeine consumption in general I, I, today versus twenty years ago? I I, I would say uh, I would bet a house that the caffeine consumption is dramatically increased amongst the youth. Yeah, I don't know about older people, but amongst the youth because energy drinks, everything's being targeted towards them. They all drink Starbucks now, and when you're young and you have a heart attack, it's not because you have clogged arteries. It's because you had cardiac arrest. Your 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 the the circuitry of your heart mm. failed, and your heart stopped beating or whatever. And I think that that's that. And and I know that that can be caused by stimulants, especially if you're sensitive to them. Mm-hmm. And kids are just having tons of caffeine, and so I feel like it's natural that that would cause that. Was that so, say? Was that say, Doug? It says statistics show that adolescents are the fastest growing population of caffeine users. Yep, and caffeine intake is a risk factor for. Uh, heart attacks in young people. So you think like epigenetics, like it's it's expressing whatever condition is dormant, well, like for, more. Yeah. Well, first readily. off, that or I think we're probably just, what I would think is we're just really irresponsible with it. I mean, look what we see even in the pre-workout market. I mean, you got pre-workouts. People are starting to put fucking six hundred milligrams. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know how many people? It's insane. You know how many people are in the hospital every year due to just caffeine side well, effects? So that's yeah. what Tons. I'm. So that's what I'm saying is like how and how many of these kids are. You know, drinking a Red Bull in the morning, and then they swing by Starbucks later on. Then they go to their workout, and they have their six hundred milligram fucking pre workout. I mean, twelve year olds are getting venti, you know, drinks that are like three hundred and fifty milligrams of caffeine. It's interesting to me too that we we actually al- allow caffeine like that to be sold to kids. It won't be long. Yeah, I, I know. I think I, it'll change. It's a drug, right? Yeah. It's a drug. It's a deadly drug. Right. It's a drug. Right. So why, yeah, and we have that with alcohol and tobacco. Why would we not have that with because caffeine? Because it's never been an issue. Kids never drank caffeine. Yeah. You know what kids drank that had caffeine in it? 
Coca-Cola. Yeah, Coke. An entire can of Coke or has... Mountain Dew. Yeah, it has like 15 or 25 milligrams of caffeine. Right. At yeah. most, 30-something. Jolt Cola, I think, had like 50 milligrams of caffeine or something that. Like was that was like the dares to drink one of those. Uh, yeah, 50 milligrams. When I was first started working out and I started taking caffeine, it was 200 milligrams was the big fucking dose. Mm-hmm. So you get a big-ass coffee, that's 350 milligrams. And, and like I said, it definitely is something that increases your risk of heart issues when you're younger. Now, it's a small risk. I don't want to freak everybody out. But, uh, but if, if you go across a whole population, of course you're going to see it. It's a fun thing to speculate. I mean, yeah. would you do you think that? Do you think we're going to see regulation in our time with kids? Uh, it's already trying. They're already trying. Yeah. Are they? Yeah, they're already trying. I, 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 I wonder so. how much that hurts would hurt a Starbucks. If to, you if you look at cans now of like Red Bull and stuff like that, they'll have a, a thing underneath it that'll uh, like a little disclaimer that's not suitable for people under eighteen. Oh, they're really? already voluntarily putting. Oh, that. yeah. They? If you look at like the Monster or whatever, I didn't know that. that. Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, it's definitely targeting them. Yeah. It's like fucking, you know, yeah. cotton candy and yeah. extreme sports, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. gamer fuel and yeah, shit like gamer that. Gamer fuel. Yeah, yeah, but There's not for kids. One. Not no, for kids. No, 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 no. It's for dad. Yeah, only dad. By Maps Anabolic. If you're looking to maximize your overall muscle and strength, Maps Anabolic is the perfect place to start. With a full 30-day money-back guarantee, there is absolutely zero risk. So what are you waiting for? Go to mindpromedia.com and get started today. It's the motherfucking quad. The eagle has landed. Quiqua. First question is from Koltsky Cox. How do you use chains in the gym without looking and sounding like an idiot? Oh, how do you, perfect question. Oh, how do you use chains? I think that how do you change in the gym? I'm like, what? Yeah, no, you, how do you use, use chains in the gym? Why would you think well, like- Don't so- wear them around your neck and walk around with oh, slow-mo video you, you know like what? that. Here's the bottom line. At the end of the day, if you're going to the gym to improve and better yourself, you're going to have to just- not give a shit yes. what people think when when they look at you. And I hate to, I mean I don't hate to this is a great thing to 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 understand. Most people who go to the gym are a little self-conscious and most people don't know a whole lot of what they're doing. So if you go in there with chains, you're going to get a lot of stares cuz most people are going to be like why does that person have chains? So what? Yeah. Do your workout. Oh, I think it's cool. Not care. So do I. Yeah, I think it's yeah, cool as totally. fuck, dude. Yeah. I've thought yeah. about bringing chains to some of the gyms I work at that don't have it. I just literally, right before we started this podcast, I asked Justin, did you order the goddamn chains yet for our place? I know. Chains Slacking. are awesome. But yeah. I mean, I guess, you know what though? Chains wouldn't be awesome if you're wearing a stringer doing tricep dips with a bunch of them wrapped around and you have your girlfriend taking videos yeah. of you while you do it. Or you're doing that curls with, very with cool. chains, you know, like a curl bar with chains attached to the sides. <laughs> yeah. Fuck yeah. off. Yeah. <laughs> That's stupid. So the value of chains for people listening right now who have no idea what we're talking about. So what you would do is you would attach a chain on either side of the bar. So let's say I'm doing a squat. So I have a chain attached on one end and on the other end, and then it, it drops all the way down to the floor. So it's a big heavy chain going all the way down to the floor. Now when I unrack the weight and I squat down, as I squat, links of the chain start to rest on the floor, which makes the bar lighter. So the bar is lighter at the bottom of the squat and heavier at the top of the squat when I'm supporting the entire chain. Now what's the value in this? The value is, is that I'm working with my natural strength curve. Yeah, in other words, it's the opposite normal. Yeah, I'm, I'm stronger at the top of a squat than I am at the bottom. So I'm going to overload the aspects that are stronger and, and take weight off where I'm weaker so that I'm stressing the whole rep kind of equally. And the results are clear. Uh, studies show that working out with chains and bands or using them in your routine, super, super effective. 
But as far as you know, people looking at you and whatever, yeah, you know. Nice. But you know what? We take this for granted. Like I grew up in gyms, right? I've been in gyms since I was 13, 14 years old, and then from then on, I was in gyms more more days of the week than than not. So to me, walking into a gym is one of the most comfortable environments uh, I can ever there, be in. It's also also keep this in mind too that it, it's not necessary. So if you, it's making you feel that uncomfortable using gyms inside the uh, chains inside the gym, it's it, you can get in, build an incredible physique and progression. Nobody was using them fifteen years, yeah, ago, 20 so, years ago. Yeah, so you know, I did this yesterday. So I was doing BFR on my uh, my calves, and I've been doing it a, a lot more than usual because of my Achilles. It still just doesn't feel right. Uh, and so I, I'm still nervous to to go really hard and on on the heavy heavy loading my calves, and so I tend to do a lot of BFR right now with them, you know. And I do that in a in a, a public gym. I mean, and p- you see see me tie off my quads, and then I do calf raises. I mean, people yeah. people definitely look at me fucking weird mm-hmm. what I'm doing. I don't give a shit though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I used to have a problem with that a little bit when I was like working on mobility moves, and I was like still trying to be Mr. Cool Guy, you know, like I'm strong, and all I do is bench and squat and deadlift and all that cool stuff but um you know at a certain point like i mean i'm crawling i'm doing all kinds of like like right in front of all the meatheads you know i didn't give a fuck after a while it's just a matter of um you know just doing what's best for you and just owning it and just going for it yeah and again we can't take for granted how intimidating um a gym can be i was talking to um a bunch of trainers last week i was at the 24 fitness on on santa Teresa. And I was doing, uh, you know, sales training, all that stuff. And and I was talking about, like, you can't uh, really underestimate just how intimidating a gym is and a personal trainer, you know. And, and the only thing I can think of that makes me, that kind of reminds me of what that feeling is like, is like the first time I walked into... School. Uh, no, or a kickboxing uh, academy. Yeah, or, the first uh, time, yeah. Remember the first time you went to school? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's first, just, whether it be a first, the first time you went to high school. For, I mean, there's there's definitely that very nervous feeling of something that you end up loving and enjoying yeah, you so just, much. You just don't know. Like you're, you're just all these machines, there's all this equipment. I haven't worked out in years or maybe never. I'm going to go in here and try to work out. I only know how to use the treadmill because that's kind of simple to use and maybe the bike. And then I'm going to walk around and I'm going to look at these machines and try and figure them out and I don't know what to do and this trainer is going to show. So it's an intimidating Well, there's also this, ar- I think there's this artificial thing that we have too of uh, that is obvious like do you see you walk in a gym you're a new person and it's obvious to the people who work out there a lot right you yeah. can tell by the way they look and and so there's this Im- intimidation factor of you know uh, i don't want to be doing the wrong things or i don't want the fit guy or girl yeah. to look at me like, like judging me right yeah. so I, there's that i think that's in there too that i think people have a you know the time. irony of that is the and those yeah. are the most intimidating people the fit ripped yeah. you know gym fanatics the irony is they're the friendliest ones in the gym. Mm-hmm. Almost, and I'm not going to say 100% of the time, but almost every single time, if you go into a, a gym and you see advanced people training, now, so long as you're not like getting in the way of their workout, if you have a question, the guy squatting 700 pounds is far more likely to take time to help you and explain to you what you should be doing than just some average, you know, schmo working out who trains every once in a while and you know takes months off at a time. Yeah, weekend warrior. So you really don't don't you're intimidated. I understand. I can empathize. You don't need to be. I promise you. Most people in there don't know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Most people, you know, whatever. And you're there for you. You're not there for anyone else. So put your headphones on. Put yeah. your chains on the bar. And use them lift. appropriately, and you're fine. And yeah. do your lift. Yeah. Don't do them around your neck and have your girlfriend video you. Yeah, don't That's do the- don't do that stuff. Next question is from IQ Strength. 
Thoughts on the sick aging phenotype as described by Dr. John Sullivan in his book, Barbell Prescription. Would you guys buy into the idea that strength training can be the solution to so many of the ailments that often accompany oh aging? My God. Not I, only do I buy into oh, it, yeah. this is what I've been preaching. I was going to say, this has been yeah. our message for oh, a long time. I've been preaching this since I was a trainer. This is what we preach on Mind Pump. Now, the sick uh, aging phenotype is, a, is a, a term that this doctor made up. I had to look it up because yeah. I'd never heard about it no, uh, we before. We watched some videos of him. He makes up a lot of words. Yeah, and so this he is- does. Yeah. It's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, what, he's saying, what he's saying is totally true. And yeah. this is what he's talking about. Um, here's what it, it consists of. It consists of metabolic syndrome. So what's metabolic syndrome? Um, high blood sugar, high blood pressure, blood lipid levels that are all over the place, uh, uh, body fat around the midsection, around the organs. So this mm. is just, you know, metabolic syndrome means you're just not healthy. You're gaining body fat. Systemic inflammation. This is where the whole body just keep, kind of seems inflamed. You can sometimes test this by testing things like C-reactive protein. Sarcopenia. This is muscle loss. This mm. is a big issue with people as they age. They just start to lose muscle. Osteopenia is the other one. Osteopenia is uh, bone, bone loss. Density, yeah. uh, once it gets bad, it becomes osteoporosis. And then frailty is another one. Frailty is just, you know, if I'm if I'm 20 and I mm. I take a, I fall out of my chair, I'm probably yeah. not going to have a life threatening injury. Susceptible to injury. Yeah, if I'm 75 or 80 and I fall out of my chair, sometimes that'll kill you. Maybe not directly, but event. But you get sick, you get hurt, you're in the hospital, you get pneumonia, and you die. In fact, there's a saying in in, in hospitals where they say. Old people will break a hip and then die of pneumonia. Mm -hmm. um, and then finally, dependence on pharmaceutical drugs. So that's the age, sick aging phenotype. And that's true. Yeah. That's what happens. Now, the, the, the best form of exercise to directly combat all of those things, okay? And so I'm not saying it's the only form of exercise that'll positively impact those. But the most effective form of exercise that directly combats all those things I just talked about is lifting weights, yep. resistance training. Now, it's got to be appropriate and it has to be proper. So I'm not talking about hardcore bodybuilding or powerlifting training. Resistance training needs to be molded to the individual. But if you train properly, it's the only thing that will directly and continuously uh, combat osteopenia, mm -hmm. sarcopenia. It'll uh, build up your metabolism so you can burn more body fat so that that issue with metabolic syndrome becomes a lot better. Building muscle and strength is the most effective thing that an elderly person can do. It's and, the fountain of youth. Oh, dude. And, and when I trained people in advanced age, that's many of them, that's all they did. They came and saw me two days a week. That was most of their activity. And the improvements we saw were dramatic, far more than if I just had them walk for 20 minutes a day every single day, which tends to be the common prescription. Well, this is why we find it ironic that, that that's the prescription, that they promote the, what is it, 20 to 30 minutes of vigorous activity a 20 day. 20 to 30 minutes of vigorous cardiovascular activity every single day. Which is so weird to me because the things that make weight training so much more beneficial than running or, or vigorous activity, cardio, is actually the things that happen afterwards. Like they're both actually pretty close to each other when you talk about the benefits of what directly happens right there as far yeah, as heart rate going up, yeah, burning little calories. Right. They're, 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 I mean, and that's where I think cardiovascular in that small 30 minute window, if you compare 30 minutes of running versus 30 minutes of squatting, let's say, you know, sure, maybe the, the running will burn more calories. And so in that small window, mm -hmm. you could say that one aspect mm -hmm. is better, but there's so many other things that you get. Uh, after the fact from the strength training that the the running doesn't even compare it's also to. there's also this aspect well, where it preserves abilities yes it preserves it builds the body it reverses catabolic uh, phenomena that happen in the body 
way more than cardiovascular activity. In fact, cardiovascular activity mm-hmm. can sometimes uh, contribute to catabolic. That. Yeah, it can cause issues with you losing muscle just because your body's trying to become more of an efficient <laughs> endurance machine. Now, to be fair with the elderly, if they do no activity and they move and start doing 30 minutes of vigorous cardiovascular activity, they won't lose muscle. They probably will build a little muscle because it's far more than what they were doing before. But it pales in comparison to traditional and appropriate resistance training. Here's the other thing. Vigorous cardiovascular activity uh, tends to be um, understood as, I'm going to go and just walk. I'm going to go and just move and sweat. Resistance training gets valued more as a skill. When you have an older person, you say, okay, we're going to try doing elevated push-ups against the wall, or I'm going to have you sit down and stand up. There's a lot of emphasis on form and technique and how do I do this. When you tell someone, just go walk and run, mm-hmm. none of that. And, and Running is a skill. I'm sorry. If you don't know the run, if the skill of running very well, which you probably don't because you haven't run consistently for a long time, going out and running, you're going to hurt yourself. Yeah. That's what ends up happening. So no, resistance training is the answer. And I don't think it's the only form of exercise. I think a combination is ideal. But if you had to pick just one... It has to be resistance Running training. and walking will not help you open jars. Exactly. I'm sorry. There's a lot of things in your day-to-day life that, you know, like cardiovascular doesn't even address. Have Help you reach above your head yeah. or help you lift something or walk up the stairs without, you know. It doesn't translate well enough. Maintain balance, like all of these different things, resistance training. And here's the thing. The time, uh, the time that you need to perform effective resistance training, and I'm not talking, again, about bodybuilding or powerlifting or anything like that. I'm talking about just reap the health benefits, the time commitment is lower. You figure, if I take a 70-year-old, two days a week of 45 minutes, plenty. I can go super far with that for a long time with their training. The, the vigorous activity that they need to do that's prescribed by the most you know medical professionals, it's every day, 30 minutes every single day. Uh, now, I'm not saying, again, don't do that, but I'm saying if you could only pick one, yeah. Pick the one that's the flexibility the that it gives too for people, and I think that's it. to me, it's probably one of the most important things because the reality is is the percentage of people that are fitness fanatics that really care about getting in ridiculously great shape or being super strong. Most people just want to go about their lives and, and live longer and live healthier, and if they can find a way to do that and still, you know, do the other things that they love and enjoy. The, the strength and building muscle, it gives you more flexibility with that than anything else. So the person who loves to have that glass of wine on Sundays or enjoys the occasional pizza Fridays or whatever mm-hmm. like that, you, you know, you do that. And if your your only mode of, you know, burning calories is to go for a run, it makes it really tough to combat that. But if you strength train and you build muscle, it gives you a lot more flexibility in that area that the other forms of exercise just don't the do. The message needs to be this to the elderly. I think this message needs to be to everybody, but especially the elderly. They come to you, what, what should I do? I need to improve my health. Get stronger. That's mm. it. Yep. Get stronger. That, that needs to be the, the prescription. Studies now show too, like we can judge, we can more accurately predict a person's mortality mm-hmm. with a grip test or a test, can they stand up off the floor without holding on, grabbing onto something better than other more popular metrics? Uh, why? Because if you're stronger, we now know very clearly if you're stronger, the odds that you're going to die of uh, you know many different causes much lower. Well, you're more resilient. Didn't they also find like that it, it helps you fight off disease and all these other things just as uh, because of the fact that you're stronger, more resilient overall? Oh man, if you if you're here's what happens when you're elderly and you can't move because you get injured. First off, if any of us in this room were bedridden for a week, 
we would all lose muscle and get weaker. That's just a normal adaptation of the body. You watch what happens to a 70 or 80-year-old who can't move for a week in a bed. That, amp- that is accelerated and amplified at a ridiculous, scary, scary rate. I've talked about the story about the client that I had who I trained her for years. She was in her mid-80s, and we were starting to see signs of dementia. But you know, it wasn't too bad or whatever, but she would repeat stories and stuff like that. It wasn't a huge, huge deal. Then she, I, she fell. Uh, she broke her leg or her hip. I can't remember what it was. She couldn't come in for a long time. Then they couldn't afford personal training because of the cost of having a, uh, uh, you know, having a, um, a nurse in there full time or whatever. So I didn't see this person for like eight months. In an eight month period, I ran into her at the mm. grocery store. She didn't recognize me. Like a rapid decline. Rapid decline yeah. in her mental yeah, health because she wasn't exercising. So. Uh, a big part of uh, you know the, the benefits of resistance training for the elderly is like giving you muscle to lose if you need to, and preventing that kind of an issue where you break something or hurt yourself, and now you're bedridden. You can and bounce then, back. Absolutely. Yeah. Next question is from Mini Fig. Should you stretch before you lift, or is it more beneficial to stretch after lifting heavy weights if you have tight muscles? Depends on what kind of stretch you're doing. Very good. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, so priming. Let's talk about that for a second. Now, before we work out, we've been told for a long time that you need to warm up. Um, And the value and the benefit of warming up is it reduces the risk of injury. That's true. Um, Moving and getting your body warmed up and just doing general movement before you work out will help you do that. But but what you do before your workout can do so much more than that. I feel like that's the bare minimum. What you can do before your workout will change your form on your exercises from difficult to more smooth and more mobile. It'll help you feel and connect to the target muscles you're trying to work. It can improve your power output if you prime properly just because you get maybe tight muscles out of the way and other muscles that you can feel. Better overall stability. Better stability. So what you do before your workout can really dramatically improve the the quality and the, the, the adaptation signal you send during your workout. So you should spend a good 10 to 15 minutes of proper priming, which includes stretches, but it's not the static stretches. It's the active type of stretch. So I'll give you an example of a static stretch for your hamstrings. That would be me going down, touching my toes and just sitting there and allowing my body weight to stretch my hamstrings. An active hamstring stretch would be to walk and kick my leg up straight uh, like I'm trying to stretch my hamstring and bring it back down and then do the other side. Studies show that that kind of stretching reduces injury and improves performance, where static stretching might actually increase risk of uh, injury. Static stretching I would do at the end of the workout. That's when I tend to do mine because I'm tight. That's when I sit in my long stretches at the end of the workout when it's not going to take away from my performance. Next question is from Cam Clark Photography. What are your thoughts on minimalist barefoot shoes, especially for someone trying to correct mobility issues in the ankles and hips? You still look like a dork. (laughs) <laughs> still do yeah as, I don't know as I, great as they are and as popular as they are and as useful right. as I see they are now it still well, look like a well if you get the, the, the ones that's like closed and doesn't have the individual toes exposed like I feel like you could get away with a little bit more like it's a little cooler I don't know not it, really here, but here's the thing I, here, we I think I came out really early on in Mind Pump talked a lot of shit about them uh, retracted that later on because of the value behind them. I think that uh, I've barefoot train all the time now um, and take off my shoes as much as possible. So I definitely uh, understand the value of barefoot shoes and think that it, it can be a very useful tool. 
Now, that being said, um, I don't own a pair, um, but I train barefoot all the time. And now I get if you're somebody who doesn't have uh, a gym like I do where I can be barefoot or naked if I fucking wanted to. Please, and God, train. no. Yeah, right. <laughs> and train. Videos. Uh, so I get like any, anyone, but personally, I would just take my shoes off when I get home and do exercises to strengthen my feet at home. I mean, yeah. that's just me, but. Yeah, I like them. I like them for, yeah, gyms that, that wouldn't allow you to go barefoot. For sure, barefoot is going to be king if, if you were to work out. And like that was your goal is to really get grounding, get that good connective uh, feel uh, with your feet and be able to go through that, like, especially like deadlift and squatting. I love to do that uh, without shoes on so I can kind of feel where, you know, the compensatory patterns start to kick in. It's important, though, that you understand, too, that it's that's only one one piece of the puzzle, too, though. Like, so and for me, this was this is a big one because I had really weak feet. I had poor ankle mobility and I had poor hip mobility. Now, if I had that, I know that, and you know, and all my answer to that was going to get barefoot shoes. It's not going to add that much more value to me. It actually would add none. It, it might, would. might increase your risk of injury. So it wouldn't do. It wouldn't do much for me. Now, along the way of me working on my hip and my ankle mobility, I began to start to incorporate more barefoot work. Mm-hmm. I definitely saw tremendous value mm-hmm. in that. But if you don't address your uh, ankle mobility and you just you start wearing barefoot shoes all the time you're still going to probably pronate and deviate in your feet and that's not going to yeah, it's not going to work itself out it'll, it'll, you have to be intentional in those movements it'll get worse it's like yeah. look if if you if you if you like to run and your your running coach is like hey your ankles uh, your feet pronate let's buy, let's buy these correctional shoes that prevent pronation and then you run and you're like wow i feel so much better my knees feel better my hips feel better I'm running smoother. This is awesome. And then you read a book that says, you know, we were supposed to run barefoot. There's all these muscles on our feet. You need to start running barefoot. And so you're like, okay, this book said that. Let me take my shoes off. You hurt yourself. You're like, what happened? Hmm. Now, here's the truth. The truth is, yes, our feet are underdeveloped. Yes, we're not connected to them. And yes, we do need to strengthen them. They are the number one shock absorber of the body. They're almost as, you can feel and touch almost as much with your feet that you can with your hands. There's tons of muscles and nerve endings there that are underdeveloped because we always have shoes and socks on. Now, the problem is if I just take my shoes and socks off and I go lift and I'm not focusing on connecting with my dead feet and I'm not focusing on activating muscles that are atrophied and weak in my feet, if I just stand like I normally do, still break down. now I've lost the support of my shoe yeah. and I'm, so now I'm going to hurt myself. So this is the problem. The problem is don't go wear minimalist shoes and then go do your normal workout. It's like, it's like a guy, too, who's been working out with a belt his entire life, and he hears on Mind Pump he shouldn't train with a belt. He, but he just goes right to yeah, no yeah, belt training. Yeah, he goes, yeah. And, and meanwhile, the same weight. Exactly, and meanwhile, his form was bad the whole entire time. Like He had bad deadlifting form his entire time. He used a belt. The belt kind of protected him a little bit because he doesn't have the best form ever. And then he hears on Mind Pump, don't wear a belt, and so he takes his belt off, and then he goes and does a deadlift, and he fucks himself up. Exactly. Same concept is with your feet. You've, you've become so accustomed to wearing shoes all the time and then someone tells you that it's so good for you to strengthen your feet to do these barefoot shoes and that's your first to me it's it's kind of last on the total bowl. like i've considered it i really have because i feel like i'm kind of there now like i'm like oh should i get more into being even more barefoot now starting to wear the barefoot shoes and just to keep work? them active the yeah, whole time yeah be, be paul check or like kyle kingsbury where they're walking around either barefoot or in those ugly ass shoes all the time yeah. and i just you can't, gotta get a fanny pack though. i like i like fucking shoes too much and i think yeah. they look terrible 
They look absolutely. There's not a cool pair. There's not. Merrills are pretty cool. Even the one that Justin's trying to justify like now, them. they're fucking ugly. Yeah. They're all ugly. You know what I'm saying? They're, they're, nah, they're, man. Okay, and also, okay. So I know for me, and I know you guys don't run ever, but like sometimes I'll I'll try to be intentional about bringing that back into the rotation and, and get back at at running. The the one thing I notice the most is how flat footed I am when I start running again. And again, like losing weight definitely helps along that 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 process of, of trying to you know get better running mechanics again um but you know the the barefoot shoes for me like i i tend to be a little more focused on my forefoot and strengthening and going into like when i'm in lunges and all these types mm-hmm. of things like I, I could just feel my way through that navigate through that a little bit better so you're more um, connected you're more connected and so i i feel value in it uh when i'm training for a specific purpose but there's definitely levels in scaling that that towards it, it. you have to consider here's what i recommend if you want to benefit get gain the benefits of strength in your feet and ankles and, and, and the articulation of your toes, which is massive. The benefits are huge. It's a whole it's a whole part of our body that's just dead and, and, and totally weak. That's well, a whole part of our MAPS Prime yeah. Pro program. You, you, so here's what I recommend. Don't buy the shoes. Don't go barefoot. In the gym, in the normal shoes you work out in, while you're lifting, try to activate your feet more. Try to be more aware of your foot position in your shoes and your ankle. Start there. Once that starts to become natural... Then you may progress to shoes that are less supportive, but the whole time you're you're activating your feet. When you finally make it to barefoot or shoes or barefoot, don't use the same weight you've always been lifting because you've lost some support from the shoe. Go lighter. The weakest link in your lift now is your foot. So strengthen that through the movement as that gets stronger than add weight. So in other words, proceed with caution because if you just jump into this and go ape shit. You will hurt yourself like most people do. And even in the worst case, you don't. Let's say you don't hurt yourself. You may not add any that. You're not adding that much more value. If your ankle mobility is shit, your hip mobility is shit. You're probably exaggerating the issue. Yeah, it's 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 you're not getting that much value out of wearing these ugly ass shoes. I mean, I have an aunt who she's (laughs) she's an executive, and so she's always 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 in high heels. And I had this conversation with her a while ago, and I'm like, you know, your ankle's always pointed forward. You're always flexing it. Your You've got probably poor ankle mobility and foot mechanics. You should think about walking around barefoot a little bit more. So what she did, and I explained it to her really well, she took it to heart, and as soon as she got home, she took her shoes off and just went barefoot everywhere. And then I get a message from her a week later, and she's like, I have plantar fasciitis. The bottom of my foot is really hurting. Like, what's going on? I said, well, how often are you going barefoot? She goes, every day. I'm like, no, you can't go from what you've been doing to that. That's way too fast. Start with maybe one hour a day and just do that for a second and then slowly progress yourself because i mean the 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 foot is covered with muscles there's fascia there it's got lots of connections and stuff you can't just go from where you're at now to barefoot using the same weight or whatever you are going to hurt yourself and with that go to mindpumpfree.com and download our guides they're all absolutely free we have a new, brand new guide on there it's the hard gainer guide make sure you go check it out you can also find us all on Instagram. You can find Justin at Mind Pump Justin, Adam at Mind Pump Adam, and myself at Mind Pump South. Thank you for listening to Mind Pump. If your goal is to build and shape your body, dramatically improve your health and energy, and maximize your overall performance, check out our discounted RGB Super Bundle at mindpumpmedia.com. The RGB Super Bundle includes MAPS Anabolic, MAPS Performance, and MAPS Aesthetic. 
Nine months of phased expert exercise programming designed by Sal, Adam, and Justin to systematically transform the way your body looks, feels, and performs. With detailed workout blueprints and over 200 videos, the RGB Super Bundle is like having Sal, Adam, and Justin as your own personal trainers, but at a fraction of the price. The RGB Super Bundle has a full 30-day money-back guarantee, and you can get it now plus other valuable free resources at mindpumpmedia.com. If you enjoy this show, please share the love by leaving us a five-star rating and review on iTunes and by introducing Mind Pump to your friends and family. We thank you for your support, and until next time, this is Mind Pump.